Thanks, Marg. How many of you have been tandem bike riding? A few of you have? Okay, well, if you've ever ridden a tandem bike, yeah, I wonder if your experience was anything like mine. The person at the front is responsible for steering, uh, at least on the ones that we rode on, and the person at the back is responsible for braking. I wonder which one you'd rather be. When our family some years ago hired some tandem bikes, what we discovered was that uh, coordinating steering and braking with one another isn't quite as easy as we thought, let alone pedalling in sync with one another. But at least our experience wasn't uh, quite as bad as the tandem bike riders who struggled up a hill climb. We did it on the flat down near Lakes Entrance, but a particular um, uh, couple of bike riders struggled up a hill climb on a, on a tandem bike. And when they got to the top, the one at the front said, turned to the one at the back and said, boy, that was hard work. And the, the rider at the back said, yes, and if I hadn't have kept the brakes on, we sure would have rolled backwards. <laughs> Today, as we celebrate Katie's baptism, we also want to remind ourselves of what God calls us to be and do together alongside one another, in tandem, in, in so many different ways, including in tandem, intergenerationally, moving forward as a community of God's, uh, Jesus' co-disciples. And the phrase, one another, is used 59 times in the New Testament. That's not what we're referring... That's not what we're... <laughs> that's not a clue to how many times I'm going to use it, but it's used 59 times in the New Testament. And just as there are certain things to be, to be and to do in tandem alongside one another when riding a tandem bike uh, and keeping the brakes on when climbing isn't one of those, God calls us to not keep the brakes on as a community of his co-disciples either. But he calls us on the, as a community of co-disciples on the pathway of finding and following Jesus to complement one another. To, to be alongside one another in sync in such a way that helps us to grow in becoming more of who God has created us to be. To grow individually, each of us personally, but to grow together. And from the Bible readings that Marg read, what needs to characterise us to do that as God's community of co-disciples intergenerationally? Well, firstly, we are to cherish one another. We are to cherish one another. First four verses, let me read them to you again from Ephesians 4. Uh, Paul urges us to live a life worthy of the calling we have received, to be completely humble and gentle, to be patient, to bear with one another in love, to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Paul says there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope, when you are called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now, love is a word that is, is used in many different ways in English. You can love ice cream, but you can love your dog. You can, uh, but love, the same word love is used to describe relationships between people and love is used to describe what God is like. But to cherish something, means to really value something. It means to place importance on something or someone. And that's what's underpinning the different ways that God calls us to be with one another in these verses here. To be humble and, to be humble and gentle, to be patient and bearing with one another in love, to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Because we can only do these things as we value one another, as we place importance on or cherish one another. 
being intergenerational as God's community of co-disciples starts with valuing or seeing as important or cherishing those who are of a different generation to us. The younger generation valuing and seeing the older generation in our community of of disciples as, as significant, but the other way around as well. The older generation valuing and seeing as important the younger generation. Not just one way, but both ways. We're to cherish one another. But as we read on in in Ephesians chapter 4, not only are we to cherish one another as a community of co-disciples, we are to actually contribute to one another's spiritual growth. Paul goes on to to speak uh, about that. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And he goes through a range of, of different gifts that are given by God, uh, some of the gifts, not, not all of them, but some of the gifts. And uh, the, he goes on to, to speak in, into the verses that follow. I'll pick up from verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness of Christ, so that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forward by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's just press pause there for a moment. The last words from him, that's Christ, the head of the body, the whole body joined and held together by every part, has what effect? It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. In other words, each part has a contribution to play in God's purposes, to make in God's purposes in the spiritual growth of others. There's a saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And uh, it takes an intergenerational community of, 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 of followers of Jesus to grow a disciple or a follower of Jesus. In coming to the place of her baptism today, people across the generations will have played a part in Katie's spiritual growth. But Katie, will play, uh, Katie plays a part in our spiritual growth. And, and, and we all, got, in God's purposes, play a part in contributing to one another's spiritual growth. But to be able to contribute to one another's spiritual growth into, significantly intergenerationally, we need to be sharing life and faith together. We need to be coming together intergenerationally, not just connecting with those just like us. That leads on to what the writer of the Hebrews speaks on as we flip across to that passage, and that is that, that we are also called by God to challenge one another, not only to cherish one another, uh, to contribute to one another's spiritual growth, but to challenge one another. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, as Mark read it to us, says, Let us consider what? How we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. As, uh, as someone who's, uh, who's a runner, who's done, uh, done a number of half marathons and a marathon, I was proud as punch recently when my son a few weeks ago ran his first half marathon. But, uh, and, and he's now preparing for, for, for his first marathon. But uh, you know what his first question after com- completing his half marathon was? Though? It was actually on the text here to me after church. Uh, he, he said, did I beat your time, Dad? <laughs> That's all that mattered. <laughs> Truth is, he smashed it. 
and I'm never going to catch him again. <laughs> uh, that, that's, uh, well, I might, but I doubt it very much. Uh, but, but the point is this. It's not just in, in physical running, but it's in running the race of faith in life, which the writer of Hebrews refers to in, uh, here and in, into Hebrews chapter 12, that we are to spur one another on. Not to spur one another on towards better times, but to spur one another on towards what the writer of Hebrews says, love and good deeds, towards what God has called us to be and to do. And the word in the original language that is translated as to spur one another on actually means to provoke one another or to challenge one another. That's, that's the original meaning of the word. And we think of provoking as a negative thing. But it, it, it's actually a positive thing. It can be used here in a positive thing, to provoke or to challenge one another uh, towards, uh, to seek to outdo one another in love and good deeds. Let us consider, the writer of Hebrews says, how we might do this as a community of followers of Jesus from different backgrounds, as different people and intergenerationally. We are called to cherish one another. We are called to contribute to one another's spiritual growth. We are called to challenge one another, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. But into the final part of, uh, of, of the Hebrews reading, verse 25, we are also called to encourage or put courage into one another. As uh, Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. To encourage actually means, when you th- what it really means to encourage one another means to put courage into someone. Encourage, put courage. Give them an infusion of courage, so to speak. I was speaking with someone about this uh, after church uh, last Sunday. As we were chatting, uh, we, we, we talked about uh, how courage was needed in their situation and, uh, and, and we talked about what I'm speaking about now, that the word to encourage actually means to, to uh, infuse someone with courage or to give them a, a, a bit of a, a booster uh, for a situation that's not easy. What might this look like? for us as a community of followers of Jesus intergenerationally in particular. Well, life is not easy in many ways. Uh, that, that's true, whatever generation you're from. But for, for, from the, and I use the generations, um, of course, the generations is, I'm just using younger and older, uh, but there's, there's builders, there's baby boomers, there's a Gen X, there's Gen Y, there's Gen Z, there's, there's uh, Alpha uh, and, and more. <laughs> but, uh, but for simplicity, I'm just using younger and older, and that's very generic and broad, I know. But for the more senior members of our church community, it's not easy to be... Uh, life is not easy for many of them. Uh, with, with the challenges and changes in, in their lives, to be a follower of Jesus over the long haul through so many of life's changes and challenges. But life is not easy either in different ways for the younger generation, to be a follower of Jesus at school, at university, in the workplace, at the sporting club. And uh, when, when it comes to following Jesus in our times, every generation, it seems to me, needs an infusion of courage. Following Jesus goes against the flow in our culture. And as God's community of followers of Jesus, we are called to come alongside and encourage or put courage into one another and to do so intergenerationally. How might you? How might I? How might we learn and grow intergenerationally in cherishing one another, 
in contributing to one another's spiritual growth, in challenging one another towards love and good deeds, and in encouraging or putting courage into one another. Well, a great place to start is, is uh, through being a part of our new 4pm fortnightly service starting this afternoon with an intergenerational focus. That's a great place to start. It's, it's an opportunity to, uh, to, to be a part of something intergenerationally in all of these things and uh, to, to, to do so. It's an opportunity for that. So that's a great, great uh, place to start. And our Connections Camp on the weekend of 3rd or 5th of May is another one. It's an opportunity to connect with one another across the generations, not just for a few minutes, but over a weekend. We are better together. God has called us to, be, to, 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 to come alongside one another in the ways that we've looked at this morning as a part of his purposes, to fulfill his best for us in, uh, in our lives, not only personally, but together. So uh, let me pray, and uh, let's, uh, then we'll continue in our service. Lord God, we thank you for your work in our lives individually and together, past, present and future. God, you call us to be people who find and follow you. And as we understand more of what it means to follow you, Jesus, that, uh, that intergenerationally, uh, that, that means cherishing one another. It means valuing or placing high importance on, on, on one another across the generations. It means uh, be, contributing to one another's spiritual growth, each part play, playing its part. It, it, it means spirit challenging one another towards or stirring one another on towards love and good deeds, provoking one another to, to outdo one another towards love and good deeds. And, uh, and also, Lord, as, as we reflect on, the, on it, it also involves putting courage into one another, encouraging one another. So, Lord God, help us wherever we're at on the journey of finding and following Jesus to, uh, to, to just take next steps in this and, and to continue learning and growing as you would have us to. Uh, we, we pray that, uh, that, that this would be for your glory and for your honour as, uh, as we ask this in.